This week on the show, we have Metal Gear speedrunner Apache Smash. Why are you guys doing this to me? Why, why, why do I have to be here tonight? I, I just bought Resident Evil Village. And it's sitting in the other room. It's ready to go. I don't want to be here. Hold on. I, let, me, let me explain something to you, sir. I get off of work on Fridays at 3 p.m. And you want to know what I had to do since then? I had to get lunch. I played MGO Fridays. I played a little bit of WoW so I could stay ahead with, by the way, Apache has joined us. I love WoW. And now I'm recording this, so it's like, I'm like you, I'm just kind of like blue-balled right now. I gotta wait for the fucking United States Postal Service, so I don't want to hear shit. I gotta wait for Gamefly. Well, you can, you can <laughs> talk to Mr. DeJoy about that. And they said they just sent it today, so fuck. If I wasn't here talking about Metal Gear, I'd just be playing it or talking about it somewhere else. It's just my Can life. you hear that sound? That sound is everybody <laughs> clicking away from the podcast because they're like, oh, shit, it's another Resident Evil episode. <laughs> hey, I'm Fingers. Hey, everyone. This is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. The Mikami frequency. Yep. That's what I name like my Resident Evil stream sometimes yeah. when I can't think of a title. It's 100% Daisy's joke. We do have a Resident Evil Village dropping that just came out today, actually. That's when people are playing it, it seems like. This one's weird for me. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of excited to play it, but I'm not, I don't have this like super hype for it, but it's always good for a new Resident Evil. It's always a good time. Oh, most definitely. It's like an event. Must be nice. Getting a new game. <laughs> How about that Metal Gear Solid Three, huh? Yeah, that's a good game. But yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I it's funny because I played the demo, but out like I don't want to know anything outside of that. Yeah, it's weird because I wouldn't really consider myself a Resident Evil fan. I just find myself like wildly morbidly curious about it, and now I just like play the games like eight times a week i don't know i don't know how that happened <laughs> the whole time demos thing was bullshit i was just like what are y'all doing this is this is this is a little too much i yeah i didn't even try to get in on that i saw the best comment i don't know i, I think one of you two might have linked me to it but somebody on steam commented on the demo and they just said please make a normal demo you weirdos <laughs> <laughs> didn't they hack it so the timer never expired yeah like, like as soon as it one. dropped on pc oh yeah like instantly and it kind of sucks too because when i played it like y you didn't know like how long each campaign was going to take because my like initial assumption was it was going to be like 60 minutes of demo or 60 minutes of stage, presumably, or that like, you know, one stage is going to take up a bulk of your 60 minutes. So like I went through the castle fast enough that it wasn't the case, but slow enough to where I couldn't run it again if I wanted to do the village, so if that makes sense. So it just it doesn't I get that they're trying to add tension, but it didn't really do it for me. Like it had the opposite effect. I hate being timed when I'm playing games. Like I like I remember playing Sonic for the first time and I was like, oh, I'm being timed. This sucks. Like just, you know, just Mario is like just having that music speed up. And it's like, oh, fuck. Now I got to hurry up. 
But then we got speedrunners over here that are doing the exact opposite. <laughs> so it's just like I don't know. There's there's just there's different strokes. It's a difference, right? When the timers when the timers going down. And the, or the opposite is the timer's going up and you're trying to get it as low as possible. Yeah. It's a different feeling, I feel. It's kind of like an underwater stage when the timer's going down, right? It's like they've just turned everywhere into an underwater stage. It's like you're going to run out <laughs> of oxygen, the game's going to end. The only thing worse than that to me is when you're on a schedule in a game, which I, I would say the only exception to that for me is probably Majora's Mask, but it's the main reason I could never get into the Dead Rising games. Because you, yeah. were, you were set to a sort of like ongoing schedule and like, man, I don't want to have to keep track of time and work while I'm trying to relax. <laughs> it it yeah. doesn't yeah. add anything positive to that game. I love Dead Rising. I know what I you mean. Like Dead the, too. The, the timed features of it are, are it. not a good part, but the rest of the game is excellent. I, yeah. re- I love that game. Yeah, I just wish it wasn't there. And that, like, the same thing with Majora's Mask, too. It's just like, just adding that time in there just gave me that just feeling of like, man, I can't take my time and like absorb this game. Cause that's kind of, you know, that's, that's how I play games. I just kind of take my time through them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did think it was cool. And I wish, I wish that they wouldn't, they would implement this. And I know people would get upset about it. But I did like what they did with uh, RE2, where it was like, you get one life. So it adds that tension of like, I have to keep Leon or Claire alive. If I don't, I can't play this game anymore. I also like when they kind of did that with Zephyroth for the Switch or for Super Smash Brothers. Like you can unlock Zephyroth early if you beat him. But if you die, that you get one chance. So if you die, that's it. And it's like, I thought that was pretty neat because th- I think that adds tension while yeah. still allowing the user to like user allowing the player to kind of like soak it all in. But at the same time, I get why people don't like it. <laughs> I remember there was a there was a thing with Donkey Kong Country for Super Nintendo, and it was one of like the barrel puzzles. And I think to get a hundred percent completion in that game, like you had to hit that one, and you only got one shot ever, like to do that one uh, that one encounter. And like, if you missed really? that, it was like, there goes your hundred percent. Yeah. Which one is it? Which sorry, what was this? For again? Donkey Kong Country, Super Nintendo. I don't remember that. I feel oh. dumb about that game because I didn't. I didn't think about it until I was older, but like as a kid when that game came out and the name of the game is Diddy's Kong Quest, I didn't get the pun until years later. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Conquest. Oh, and I felt like an idiot. Dude, today, I was, today I learned. <laughs> today I learned that uh, I didn't even see the connection. We were talking about RE7 and it never hit me that the sewer gators the guys, like the news guys that get killed, <laughs> that their name is a reference to oh, the, like the boss in RE2. Oh I'm, my gosh. I was right. today years old. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> okay, you know, Resident Rest Evil, in peace, I know, I know we... <laughs> Resident Evil is, uh, and I know we're, we're going on a bit about this, but that series and I, uh, let's say we have a, uh, tempestuous relationship to say the least because it always feels like i i really love one two three and code veronica so i'm I'm very purist about those games when it got to i'm one of those weirdos who really does not like resident evil 4 at all and i i know i'm the minority there but when they started drifting away from horror and into action it it started to lose me 
What's with yeah. you and, and like the fours in games? Damn. I don't know, man. I just don't know. Because like the, but, it's not the actual fourth one. It's yeah. like, no, there's another fucking four, damn it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. But like like five, I played through it. I had a good time in co-op. And by the time it got to six, I just didn't even care anymore. So when yeah. seven came back around swinging hard with the horror, it sucked me right back in. Because I'm always like chasing that initial high of those original games, you know? Yeah. Like, there's nothing quite like that, those experiences for me. Yeah. And, and like, there is not a lot to speak of in terms of horror games right now outside of some niche indie stuff that lasts 15 minutes, you know? Like, we've had, like, I've, I've tried to get into The Evil Within, but it just didn't stick for me for some reason. The only thing that's really hit me hard in the past, I don't know, five years is Alien Isolation. And is that older than five years? I can't even remember anymore. Time has lost all meaning, so... I- <laughs> it has. It has. I would say around five-ish. So, yeah, the fact that... And this is the be the last thing I say about it, but, like, the fact that Resident Evil 8 seems to be pulling that, you know, Resident Evil 4 move of swinging back towards action and away from horror, especially after how good 7 was, like... I don't know what to expect going into this, but I'm like, I'm I'm very skeptical about it. They got your money. Yeah, they already got it. I bought it. It's <laughs> on my oh, my God. Fuckers. I think I would have been a, a huge Resident Evil fan if in the first game, you know, you, you go into the mansion and then you go through that one room and then you walk up behind the zombie and he turns around. That was it for me. I just turned that off and then became a Metal Gear player. Like, <laughs> I, I think if, 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 that, if that hadn't have been so scary, because uh, it's really not bad after that. Like, Resident Evil, the classic Resident Evil games, they're not that scary. There's some jump scares in them. They're not like, right. not in the same way like a horror movie is. They don't like scare you like that. Um, but that just put me off. And uh, like, uh, disclaimer, I was a child, right? I wasn't even supposed to be playing that game in the first place. But then I got like massively into Metal Gear Solid 1. I think if that opening had been slightly different, I would be just as big a Resident Evil fan now. And I, d- I do like the games, but uh, they don't hit as hard for me as they do for other people. So MGS1 was your starting point, right? Like everybody's got a, an intro story to how they got into Metal Gear. Yeah, um, Metal Gear Solid 1... Uh, on the PlayStation one. And we, we have the PAL version over here and we didn't know it was horrendous. So we all loved it. And like (laughs) it's snake is like, it's like he's on ice in the PAL version. I don't know if you, you guys have actually gone and played. I've I've never played that. Yeah. 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 Just try it out. Like just, just, just give it a go. It is very different. Snake is because the frame rate is slower, but back in the day we, we didn't have, the kind of access to information that we have now, you didn't know that America had five extra frames or that their game is run slightly faster. So, you know, I, I, I love that game, but I think the one I, I really fell in love with was two because I, I was like eight or, eight or nine years old when I played MGS1. So I was just like running around firing the FAMOS like as uh, every single guard getting hundreds yeah. of alerts. <laughs> I didn't really get sucked into the story the same way as I did with two. And now you're doing Foxhound runs in three. Yeah, um, I fell in love with two for the for the game and the and the gameplay, and that was my first speedrun as well. But I really fell in love with the speedrun of three, and it's on the HD collection. So I think they made. I know not everyone agrees with this, but I really think they did a good job on the HD collection of a version of three. I think they improved the game massively. It still has some like frame rate stutters, but. Going back and playing the PAL version of MGS3 recently, that game's got some big, big problems with frame rate. 
oh, in comparison, it's insane. Like MGS3 on PS2, even in the US, ran at best 30 frames per second. There was just so much more going on in the environments that, you know, I, I, you can only kind of suspect what was, go, you know, what was going on under the hood, but it just seemed to be doing a lot more visually. And so it couldn't run quite as smoothly as MGS2, which was, you know, butter smooth almost 100 percent of the time. That was pretty close to the end of uh, the PS2's like life cycle. Right. You know, as far as, right. you know, so it was like pushing itself pretty hard. So. So playing it on HD with that increased frame rate made a yeah. huge difference. Yeah, it, it just like controls better. It's like it's in a way to me like the game, how the game was meant to be played. And I guess I, I kind of feel like I hope to have that moment one day with MGS4 when I can play it as it's supposed to be played at like a a, a steady frame rate. Yeah. Um, two two only slows down in like on the PlayStation Two version. Two only ever slowed down in the holds at the Harrier and at Rays. That that's the only situation or, I can think it slows or down. Or if you're firing a ton of stingers. Yeah, and at those sections of the game, not the holds, but the Harrier and Rays, you kind of want yeah. the game to slow down Like if you're playing it um, for the first time. That, those bits are hard, right? Like You could do with an extra few uh, frames to react to what's going on. Two remarks on that. Regarding MGS4, have you seen any of the uh, emulation efforts around that? Yeah, I think, it's the, I think it's the future, right? It's getting better all the time. They've done... Um, quite a few updates. Uh, I don't have a computer that's good enough to 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 run that. Uh, but I'm constantly like asking people who do have you know just like supercomputers sat in the house, like oh you know does it is it stable yet? Is it stable yet? I think that's the future of playing the game because I I just don't feel like a port's coming anytime soon. I think it's kind of like stuck in hell because of all the yeah weird adverts in the game and and stuff. The, the it iPods. seems yeah, it seems mired by all of these little things that they would have to change because every everybody likes to say the the talking point you always hear is oh well it was built for the cell processor and converting the cell processor over and like nobody really knows what they're what that actually means <laughs> yeah like i've heard that one like, yeah. i doubt i doubt anybody who said that has ever looked at a single line of assembler in their life but it's more <laughs> than that there is a a windows based branch of uh mgs4's engine that was used for metal gear arcade so I mean, there's at least a framework there, but it's like you said, there's all of these little things that they would have to make adjustments to. So, you know, whether it's the the commercials, whether it's the branding, because there's so much Sony branding, the Apple branding, the weapon licenses, the bits of dialogue where they talk about, hey, we're on PlayStation 3. It's it's all of these things compounding, I, I am suspecting, that's keeping it from being remastered. You know, maybe the profit uh, motive isn't there for it. Maybe, maybe this is a hot take, but I feel like all the things like that that would prevent the game from being ported don't actually add anything to the game. Like, the iPod just kind of makes it look really dated um, already. <laughs> it was dated like, when it came out. <laughs> I, I don't think those are positives. Like, I'd... Like, yeah. You know who am I? I don't. I don't design yeah. games and stuff, but like, I, I wouldn't want those things in my game. Like the MacBook or the old Mac Pros. Like maybe they could update them to the new iMac or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks weird when you've got like you know the the, the Mark II and you've yeah. got all this crazy advanced technology, and it's like, hold on, I'm just gonna change the song on my giant iPod. <laughs> it was funny then too because like we already had. God, thinking back to when the game came out, that was two thousand eight. 
Yeah. yeah. Right. Like we are like those were already like well on the way out. And we had yeah. like, the iPod touch and the iPhone and like no one was using those. Well, believe believe it or not, audiophiles, there's been a sort of a, a little bit of a movement of people like modifying iPods, like old iPods, give them like larger hard drives, solid state drives. That is kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know if Otacon or them would be interested in that, but I don't know. Just a little fun fact. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, maybe it'll happen someday, but it just seems like they would have to change a lot to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say is with the HD collection, I agree. I think they did a pretty good job. The only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I didn't even realize it until later on. So maybe it's not that big of a gripe, but they they did some things with the color grading where it's got like the exposure is cranked up way more in comparison to the original game. Yeah. Like, have you noticed that? Yeah, but I would trade that. I would trade worse than that for a, a better frame rate. I would honestly, I would trade so much worse <laughs> than that for a better frame rate. I, it's ne- it's it's never going to be perfect, and especially for s- something that people care about so much, right? But at the same time, they care about different aspects of it. I, I had one guy in my stream once, and he was like, oh, "I hate the collection. That damn blue point. Do you know that the opening?" sequence isn't synced with the music correctly it's half second off i'm like i don't care bro like i literally just press <laughs> x through that like i i, I, hear, I do you know how many times i've heard snaky like I, I, if i want to see it like and it has to be synced to the opening theme i'll just watch it on youtube like i can i can live with it it's kind of funny because i've been messing with uh pcsx2 and emulating mgs2 a lot recently and as i was doing that i was looking at it and looking at the HD collection side by side and just sort of seeing like, all right, if I crank up the resolution on MGS2 as high as I can, you know, and I and I, you know, add anti-aliasing like I've got a, I've got a I don't have an amazing computer, but I got one good enough to do this. And and just putting those side by side and I swear to God, emulated, it looks better than it does in the HD collection. If you look at the textures, for the most part, they they updated the ones that are going to be front and center the most so like faces and things like that but most of the textures they did not update for the hd collection they're about the same you can look in most places and they're pretty much one-to-one i think i think it's going to be like the future at some point especially if everything stays as it is now where there's no there's no news right so we don't we don't know what's happening and if we assume that nothing happens going forward the future will be that technology will get better people's home computers will become better and uh, we'll all in the future be playing these games on emulator because PlayStations, they have a, a lifespan. Eventually, they're all going to break. Yeah. R.I.P. PS3. Yeah, we, we don't have a way to play this stuff anymore. And, you know, if it looks good on the emulator, all it's scaled and it's running at a good frame rate, I mean, play it on that. It's great. Yeah. The only catch there is that for some of these games, they were built for their hardware and they used the hardware in unique ways that you can't quite emulate easily. So pressure sensitive buttons, for example, I don't know about you, but I have never been able to get that to work in an emulator. I, uh, on the HD collection, I use a DualShock one adapter, so I don't have pressure sensitive, pressure sensitive buttons. 
the worst thing pressure sensitivity but sensitive buttons can do is if if you speed run in the game there's situations where you need to trank this guard roll into him and then go into first person headshot this next guard if at any point your gun doesn't go off when you need it to because you don't didn't hold it in forcibly on the DualShock 3 and then let go and the game registered it, it as like a, a d like a depress um, and just yeah. puts the gun down you're caught it's just it's that tight in some rooms so a lot of three runners, we purposely do things to get rid of pressure sensitive buttons. That's interesting. I didn't know that. It, it's never mattered for me. The only time it really does matter is, you know, CQC in three, you can uh, grab guards and then you hold circle halfway in on pressure sensitive buttons in order to um, right. drag the guard in, in like a grab. And if you press circle in completely, it slits the throat. There's a strat with Rykov where you run in, you like shoot the wall, shoot the wall again, and make him like run around upstairs, and then you grab him and drag him into the locker room. Um, if you don't have pressure sensitive buttons, you can't do that strat. So people have found ways around that. They use uh, something called a gimmicks adapter, where you can send exact the exact signal you want to the controller. So you can say, if I hold this button, you will register a half press. So pe- people do things like that. Although I'm, I'm not technical enough to do stuff like that, but. That's the future of it. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's just, yeah, just some velocity reader in there that's just capturing it, just like MIDI data, pretty much. Yeah. So we're about a half hour in, and uh, we haven't quite gotten to the topic that we were going to go into tonight, which is uh, the uh, oft-ignored Metal Gear Ghost Babble. And I'm going to say Babble and not Babel, and it's going to start a fight, so bring it on. <laughs> I've, I've always said Babel. Do people say Babel? Is, they do. I think Babel's correct, but it can fuck off. Like, that's, like, I'm not yeah. saying Babel. I've always said that's... Babel because of Babelfish, like, from <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's Which... my logic. You can't, you can't argue against it. But that, I mean, that's what it's a reference to, right? So. That's what I assumed. Isn't it, like, biblical, too? Yes, yes, it's from the Tower of, of Tower I don't think Babel. It's the Tower Babel. of Babel. <laughs> it's the Tower of Babel, but I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say Ghost Babel because it sounds stupid. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it sounds stupid though. Yeah, it's like saying GIF instead of GIF. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm not confusing people to talk about peanut butter or animated image, but but the creator said GIF. Yeah, he can fuck off too. His, his <laughs> graphics interchange format. <laughs> Like, dear dear listener, I'm willing to accept that I'm saying it wrong, but I will never change. Right. <laughs> uh, I never I never played it when it was new. I, I only played it for the first time last year. And I don't, as a rule, particularly like 2D games. Like, as I say, I got into Metal Gear Solid, and I was very young at the time. There's not that many 2D games that I've, I've played and loved that's like this and the, the Minish Cap. Um, so I kept putting off playing it, and I, I'd watched plywood who was super into speedrunning it so i'd I'd seen it played and it, it looked cool but playing it playing through the story not not so much so i mean playing casually the, the game is phenomenal like you you you'd think it was a game boy advance game with how good it is uh, but it's nice for the color <laughs> even the music's fantastic and i can't yeah. think of a single game boy color game that has more content it's got the full game it's got vr stages and it's also got a multiplayer mode so it's the first uh, and correct me if i'm wrong i think it's the first uh, multiplayer metal gear game yeah you're right yeah get your link cables <laughs> always have one on me just in case <laughs> yeah there's so much going on with that now 
apocryphally, there there was a story, and I'm probably butchering it because it's been so long, but I believe the uh, there was some sort of like a friendly bet between Konami Europe and Konami Japan, where Konami Europe challenged Konami Japan to see if they could make a game as good as Metal Gear Solid, but on the Game Boy Color. And uh, I'd say they succeeded, assuming that story's true. I have to dig up that interview. Metal Gear Solid is a successor to the 2D games. It does, it's like, stays true enough to how they play, Hmm. but uses everything about the 3D environment. I feel like Ghost Babble is like the perfect 2D successor to them. Yeah. Because it improves on everything about the the 2D aspects of the games. Yeah, it's like if there were a, a 2D Metal Gear 3, this is what it would look like. You know, it's, I really, I like, I grew up playing the, uh, the 2D Metal Gears, and so Ghost Babble was a game that kind of just took me right back into that. Like, it exemplifies everything I like about this series. It's very stripped-down stealth in a lot of ways. Yeah. There are some, uh, some you know, rough spots, which <laughs> I'm sure most <laughs> everybody sure. can... <laughs> I'm just sat here in a box right now, believe me. It's, yeah. It's going along the line. Oh, yeah, man. that conveyor belt shit jesus christ what were they thinking <laughs> and, and the worst part about the conveyor belt is like it, we gave the music props earlier but they they put the worst fucking music in the game <laughs> on that part and so you're just sitting there doing trial and error with like that box just like is it blue is it red is it yellow and just it's just like it's the most aggravating music and i hated that shit Otherwise, yeah, pretty great game. It was so interesting to see that pop back up in a weird way in MGS2 with Strut E. Yeah, you know? you're right. Shit, I haven't really thought about that. Which is kind of strange. I mean, it was like it wasn't an annoying minigame, but it was still there. Yeah. And uh, the multiplayer almost popped up, too. That was another thing that they were experimenting with early on. It's it's worth saying that we're just finding ways of exploiting the conveyor belt in order to make the speed run in MGS2 faster. But it's so technical because I'm I assume you'll have all seen the glitch to get on the conveyor belt really quickly. Um, so yeah. you don't have to sit mm-hmm. on it and go around the line. You can just glitch into it. The people are only just using that to like teleport around the struts in order to do the route faster and dis- disarm the bombs faster and that's like a recent development so it's kind of cool that the conveyor belt was largely ignored for a long time like you get on it once and you go oh that's kind of funny but now it's it's gonna be it's gonna like have a place in the run can you figure out a way to skip it and ghost babble <laughs> i'm sure that's <laughs> like, it's not really my territory but yeah i'm, I'm sure they want to <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there are there are skips in in Ghost Babble like the, the the wave skip where you move fast enough to prevent the the wave from pushing you back, and also you don't have to pick up the night vision goggles. You can just like go through the the dark rooms completely in darkness and just know exactly where you're going. That's oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> just say, like forced forced blindfold section. Yeah, some of the things that speedrunners pull off. This is why I'm I'm never going to attempt it because I know I'd, I'd be able to pull it off. I think it depends on which which game you like, but for, for me, if you if you like Metal Gear Solid Three, learning to speedrun it is just learning more efficient ways of playing it. There, in the HD collection, European Extreme Route, we don't use any skips. We just play the game as well as possible. So even if like you just think, oh, I want to, you know be able to get foxhound more often or i want to be able to uh, you know i'm really bad at this boss i want to be able to do it better if you look at the speed runs you'll you'll quickly learn ways um to do it easier and also have more fun with it because you can like 
do it really efficiently as well. Yeah, and you were saying earlier that like you had done like a the tuxedo run and how uh that you pretty much got got really lucky with the RNG there on the on the bike ride. No, I got un- I got unlucky. I caught fire, which means I have to use a life med. So Europe. Oh, do you Euro- did catch fire. Okay. Yeah, I, I did European <laughs> Extreme Foxhound MGS free, uh, wearing the tuxedo in every single room. To my knowledge, and I have looked everywhere, I can't find anyone else who's ever got like a single segment uh, uh, foxhound run. I'm the only person who's done it. If anyone does know of a video of someone doing it that's not multi segment, because it was it was for, for the longest time it was a very popular multi-segment speed run because you can save and anything that gets in your way you can just reset your save and, and do it again but I, I wanted to do it without saving and i've only ever achieved the fox sound run once and i nearly did it today on stream before right before this but during the flying platform section with the during the bike chase you have those guards on those ridiculous flying platform things yeah <laughs> um they apart from the fact that they just light you up and you have no way of reducing incoming damage because you're wearing the tuxedo. You can't wear os camo. You can't wear the sneaking suit. Um, there's a the middle guard can just get above you, and you can't actually hit him. There's no way to look up and shoot him. Um, mm-hmm. So you're constantly trying to prevent him from getting into that situation. But the other thing that really messes you up is the platform guards. When they crash, as you like shoot them non-lethal, they just crash into the ground. If they crash at a certain range from you, it will set you on fire. Um, so you can't equip the box, which is a way of extingu- extinguishing fire because you're on the bike. You can change camo, which will instantly put the fire out. But in tuxedo, you're not allowed to take the tuxedo off. Um, <laughs> and the, the fire is the, the highest DPS in, in the entire run. So I have everything in the game apart from like hitting a death plane and, and dying straight away. Oh, um, in terms of physical like damage, the fire is the, the most DPS. So as soon as you catch fire, you just know straight away, I, I have to use a life med, and you can't use any life meds for Foxhound. Oh, so, uh, son of a bitch. It's so late <laughs> it in the sucks. game, too, for something like that to happen. Yeah, it's right at the end. <laughs> Are there a lot of instances uh, where RNG becomes a factor during these runs? I know in Ghost Babel, there's uh, a couple instances of RNG being a factor, but... in Three three is light on it, and I mean, I, pl- I play three, I think, in a big way because of the light RNG. Uh, when I'm when I'm going for something like tuxedo, that's like a challenge run, right? It's like I'll accept whatever yeah. the game throws at me because I'm really trying to do something that's way more way more difficult. But in a normal European extreme run, the biggest instance of RNG you ever deal with is the Fury. So I often tell people the Fury is the hardest boss in Metal Gear Solid Three, and people are like, oh, when I when I did it, it was it was super easy. It's like yeah, but you're not trying to kill him in 16 seconds. Like if you. <laughs> <laughs> so at the start of the fight, you run south and he's going to land in one of three positions. Uh, you have to know where he lands, so we use headphones to hear what side he lands on. Um, and then you have to look at him, equip the Mosin the gun, and shoot him three times before he hits you. Uh, on Euro, he reacts faster than any other difficulty. So you need him to land on the left side or far right side. And then after you've knocked him down, you need him to either shoot at you or go into his standstill animation, but there's always a chance that he can just blast off and, and leave the room, like, you know, go flying around the room. If he does that, your run is dead. If You know, if you're going for the absolute best time, most people aren't, and they just want to, you know, fight him more efficiently. But even then, you're constantly, every single time you knock him down, you have to deal with multiple things that he's going to do. No other boss in the game is even slightly like that. So he's categorically the hardest boss in the game. So do you run uh, Ghost Babble at all? 
I haven't. I keep threatening to. I have the stage one uh, world record, thirty five seconds. Um, stage nice. one in Ghost Babble is a huge meme in the speedrunning community because the the best time you can get is thirty five seconds, and anyone could do it with like ten minutes practice. But it's impossible to oh, get thirty four. Okay. So there's like <laughs> there's like thirty of us on the board with this stage one IL, and whenever Ghost Babble gets brought up, everyone's like, "Oh, I've got world record in that stage one." Mm-hmm. And uh, Plywood, the guy who routed, you know, all, all the difficulties and very knowledgeable guy in the game he absolutely hates it when we mention it um and the the other big joke is someone will play ghost babble for the first time they'll love it because it's a great game there's only two kinds of people people who like ghost babble and people who've never played it so someone will play it for the first yes. time and then they'll be like oh, I'm, I'm so gonna learn the speed run and then they never do <laughs> they never ever do <laughs> it's a long game i mean considering it's a game boy game i mean that game takes a while Yes, yeah, uh, I, mean, I assume if you're speed running it, it's not going to take as long. But I remember the first time I played through it, it took quite a while. Yeah, I I, I definitely struggled with it the first time I played through. Um, like like most people as well with the conveyor belts and nightmare, yeah. right? Well, uh, there's also the um when you have to blow up the power plant, you have to find those exposed corners to plant the C4 on. And yeah, if man. I remember right, those are randomized, right? Yep. Yeah, even if you're like looking at a at a guide for that, it, it just doesn't help. So you just have to, and that and the worst part about that is like the the room layout in that part is just a pain in the ass. You've got like that that's all separated from <laughs> like got the electricity. It's like a couple of floors, and then there's the couple of parts where you have to like crawl through just like long ass tunnels, and it's just I don't know, it's just a slog through that part <laughs> trying to figure out. And then and then the place catches on fucking fire. And then if you're in the wrong spot. When you find that fourth one, it's like, oh fuck, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta crawl back through that shit. It just, it, it gets a, uh, gets a pretty close situation in like two minutes. Yeah, I, I remember f- really struggling with the mini map because I, I, I hadn't played a whole lot of two D games before that, and it's very simplified. I mean, the, the game looks pretty simple anyway because it's like for the Game Boy Color, but I found it very hard to navigate with that mini map. Yeah, it doesn't do the best job. It. It like tries to represent stuff like one to one, but it just it just comes across as like confusing. You're like, yeah, what? is that a wall or is that? It is that looks. A floor? It, <laughs> it's the prime example of like a display that's like sixteen by sixteen trying to display something that's like sixty four by sixty four. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is we need a remake of Ghost Babble. <laughs> Yo, on oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine the? Oh, uh, it's not canon. Like, uh, if they're remaking Ghost Babble, it it may not be canon, but that game has a story that stands up to the rest of them. It's uh, it's something. The way yeah, I see it dark. is, if they can add Symphony of the Night to phones, they can add Ghost Babble phones. <laughs> Why not? I mean, for a, I don't know. Okay, if you haven't played Ghost Babble, and uh, you don't know anything about it. It's going to shock you when you get into the story, given that the game has an E rating. Yeah, I guess spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely yeah, should not have it. Right I'm, yeah. I'm going to try to avoid spoilers, but like, oh fuck it, spoilers. All right, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because this is a dark game, incredibly dark, even by Metal Gear standards for parts of it, and uh, like the only conclusion I could come to is that the ESRB looked at this and said, oh, it's a Game Boy game, so it must be for kids, and then they didn't play it. That's the only answer. Yeah. Um, they did that a lot, I remember. 
it's because some of the stuff that happens in it is just crazy. Like there's a serial killer who like cuts like he he kills people and then like sews their bodies into sentient puppets. It's just like what? It's it's messed up. I, I think people get put off by the fact that it is um, quite a primitive looking game, and it's uh, you know two D. It's for the Game Boy Color, yeah. but I didn't expect myself to like it. I'm not a person who particularly enjoys handheld games. I'm not a person who really enjoys playing two D games, and I I I rate it so much. I think it's such a good game. It's not like a good Metal Gear game, and it's not like a good two D game. It's just a straight up really good video game. I like the way they uh they simplified the look too because it definitely is it looks distinct from Metal Gear 1 and 2. It takes almost like a more comic book tone. I guess you could say a more manga approach. The guy that would uh try to remember my timeline here, it's been so long. Ikuya Nakamura who would work on Boktai later on did uh most of the art for Ghost Babel along with Juntaro Saito, I want to say. And both of them worked on uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 a bit, if I remember right. God, someone's going to correct me, but I believe, I want to say it was Saito who did the... uh, You you remember when Metal Gear Solid 2 came out? It had the manual with the... the, It had the instruction manga. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, you open up the instruction booklet, and it's got, like, your instruction manual was part manga, right? And I think... Uh, Juntaro Saito did that. It was one of the two. I can't recall which. I don't think we but, got that um, here because, like, I'm I'm gonna go find my copy in a second. I don't, re- I don't remember that. It sounds like oh, we got really ripped cool. off here. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the coolest things at the time. I'd never seen anything like that in a in a guide at the time. But um, yeah, it's uh, they didn't they didn't skimp out, and so you had uh, Shinto Nojiri essentially directing this game, and uh, he kind of is responsible for doing all the weird stuff in this franchise. <laughs> so you had Shinta Nojiri directing it, and he would later do Metal Gear Acid 1 and 2 and um, Act 3 of Metal Gear Solid 4. And you had Tomokazu Fukushima writing it, who, uh, yeah, that's... He wrote it. Snake Tales, right? Yeah, he did the Snake Tales, and he wrote supplemental codec dialogue for... Uh, uh, one, two, and three. He often gets miscredited with being the mastermind behind MGS two, right? Yeah, I think I think there's nuance to it, but yeah, there's this whole subset of fans who think that he's like the the man behind the curtain, so to speak. <laughs> like we had we had an episode on this, but um, like a while ago. Yeah, it was like episode people, ten. Yeah, <laughs> where people think like, oh well, well, really, the series went downhill after he left because Fukushima was the one with all the talent. And like, it's like that's not true at all. Like, that's not how it works. There's been interviews where he's talked about his his writing responsibilities and the things he did, and he mostly did like like supplemental dialogue, codec sequences, things like that. I think it is easier in people's heads for them to put these games down to like one person's uh, genius. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people just get kind of left behind when uh, fans are worshiping one person as a creator of this game that had you know, hundreds and hundreds of people work on it. Um, right. I've, I've always found that kind of strange. Yeah, it's it's romanticized, and you know, if you need an example of this, look no further at how anybody who uh, has mostly negative things to say about Metal Gear Survive, like putting putting the the merits or flaws of the game aside for a minute. 
most fans probably don't realize and probably don't care that the people who worked on Metal Gear Survive are the same people for the most part that have been working on the Metal Gear franchise for the past 20 years. A lot of those names are the same. There's this perception that when Kojima left, he took everybody with him. And other than some, you know, some specific people, that's just not the case. Like, it's the same people as always. It's just a different structure and a different situation. Yeah. But uh, it's it's funny thinking about Shinta Nojiri's involvement in this because uh, I got to remember how this went. But I'd always hoped he would do more because his games tend to be really interesting to me. And he made when he left, he made some comment. Well, I should I should be clear. After doing Acid 2 and MGS4, he did his own uh, standalone game called Never Dead. I don't know if you've ever played that. No, it did not do well. It had some creative ideas, but it was a kind of a not a success. But he he left the team after saying something to the extent of my boss just wanted me to make sequels and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> Which is really can understand that need. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish. Uh, like he said, it's like my my ex boss. Yeah, I found okay. So it's like he he was laughing and he said my ex boss wanted me to make games in the franchise, but I didn't want to or I didn't think so. Which is a shame because it's uh he seemed to be kind of getting lined up to you know sort of take over after Kojima was finished. I'm sure you could go into this better than I can, but it seems like that idea was very obvious in the games as well. That is looking to hand it off to the next generation of game designers. He kept trying, <laughs> and you know, you you have this uh, man. You could you could have this dream team, this post Kojima dream team of like Shinta Nojiri and Tomokazu Fukushima and Shuya Murata and um, oh god, who's the guy who did the art for the Acid Games? Masao Tsubasa. Um, but it was a very unique style, and uh, it was, you know, distinct from Yoji Shinkawa, uh, but it still had so- sort of that Metal Gear flavor to it. So, you know, all of it, it's, it's very strange to me to think back and look at how, like, all of the pieces were there for Metal Gear to sort of continue on with this different team who were very capable, but it just sort of, you know, for some reason or another didn't go that way, and Kojima just sort of got forced into doing it until... You know, he couldn't anymore. I mean, yeah, like you said with the with survive, like you said, it's just like a lot of people just like dissed it. Just, just I think it was just because of the energy in the room, kind of you know, and just didn't look at it objectively. It was like, hey, this this was kind of some of the same ingredients here, and a lot of the same devs working on it. So, and that's you know, that's the way I enjoyed it was just going right into it and just kind of taking it for what it was. And it was a fun multiplayer tower defense zombie game in the Fox Engine. So, you know, I had a good time. I'm gonna get yelled at again. I don't care if I get yelled at again. There's <laughs> there's plenty of people that are starting to come out and starting to support it now. That's gonna have its own MGS two. It was brilliant moment. I'm calling it now. I don't I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> I'll, I'll see I'll see you in I'll see you in ten years, maybe. I'll hot, tell you this. Hot take, but that that game is absolutely rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like, like I I, I totally get like six out of ten. You know? Yeah, like, it's not a Metal Gear game, like, you know, definitely not a Metal Gear Solid game, but, like, for me, it was just, like, it was a fun multiplayer game that I was just playing with a bunch of people at the time, and it was, I had it's fun like, with it, so. It's like getting mad at plain toast, you know? Like, yeah, it's okay. 
It's I don't like you, there's no reason you should have he- emotions this heated over plain toast. Exactly. I'll tell you, though, what I've been seeing that's been getting people to try it are like gifts of or little video clips of the more insane moments of like co-op sessions and things like that. Yeah. And I've seen reactions to those and people are going, whoa, wait, this is what survive is. And like now they're interested, right? Like, oh, Oh. I didn't know I fought Kaiju in this. Yeah, that's I mean, everybody kind of memed like like shit like the donkey video and like you know people like yeah. just using a stick and you know you can't really judge a game like that i mean just any you can't really it's hard to judge survival games based off of like the first few god i hate saying like oh you you'll like a video game just give it more time but i, I don't think it's like i feel like judging it by like the tutorial it feels like judging it by the tutorial level i'm yeah. just gonna put it like that why do you want to play minecraft all you do is punch trees yeah so yeah there's a lot of just discourse about the the fences and the, like oh yeah well you can just set up a fence and and poke through the hole with the with the spear and it was just like yeah, try that when there's six of those guys walk like they just instantly demolish the fence and then swarm you. It's like that does not work in the you know, so people were literally only doing that in like the first three stages and able to get away with it. So anybody saying that that's all you did in the game didn't get past stage three. That's pretty much like where it where I was like, Oh, okay, so you're bullshitting. You didn't play any any <laughs> further than that. And you, I think you, you level up and start learning additional moves and like the running attack and the charge, you know, all that type of stuff is like at yeah. like level five. So at that point, I just knew that like, it's like, and people was like, oh, well, you shouldn't have to wait five hours for a game to get good. It's like, well, you never played a JRPG in your life then. Uh, or an but, MMO. Well, it's, it's not, yeah. it's not <laughs> even about like, you know, waiting till the game gets good. I think it's about like deducing it from the first few hours. Yeah. Like, deducing it by the tutorial level. And sure. it is kind of a slog those first couple hours because there is a lot of tutorials. There's a lot of gameplay system mechanics going on. There's just there's there's a lot of shit happening in Survive. It, it is kind of complex. Yeah, but you can't take the time to actually get to know what a game's about when you've got to put a video out every day. Yeah. So if I need to explain to you that like a game will slowly introduce you into the mechanics and see to make sure that you fully understand them before challenging you too much, then you're probably already lost. Like if you have to understand yeah. that concept, then yeah. we're gonna have got bigger <laughs> problems I mean, here. And let's just be clear here, survive is not a great game. But it has enjoyable parts to it. It's average. Like it's yeah, I gave it's, it a C on the on the Metal Gear tier thing, and like people got pissed. They're like, "What do you mean it's a C?" I'm like, "It's not a fucking complete failure for what it's trying to be." <laughs> like you just uh, wanted Metal Gear Six for some fucking reason. As soon as Kojima left, like, oh, uh, and they'll and as soon as that comes out or the remake comes out, they'll be applauding and they won't. They'll be like, "Kojima, who? I don't care. Yeah. I got my remake." Yeah, they won't care. For me at the time, it was just, it was a good time with, I mean, shit, me and you played at Nitroid. I, I played it with a bunch of other friends and like, we just, we had a really fun time with it. Even the waiting room in that game was fun. Right. Um, just like the lobby just before the match even started. It was just like, all right, cool. Let's just set up a bunch of towers and, and C4 and draw stuff. <laughs> Having a co-op mechanic in a game can circumvent a lot of its problems, though. Like, uh, oh, me and yeah. Nitroid, yeah. we talked about, yeah, we talked about Resident Evil 5 before, before, um, uh, so it's a great example. I think, like for me, for me personally, a good example is Time Splitters Three: Future Perfect because it wasn't as good as Two, and it tried to do too many things, but it was still fun because you could play it with your pal. You know, now you got me wondering. Like, 
yeah, if I'm willing to look past some of the flaws and survive because I enjoy the co-op, um, then what would strengthen the single player? And the game does co-op. sort of... Co-op. <laughs> like, right? seriously, yeah. like the, the single player <laughs> the scenario co-op. with co-op would have been dope. Yeah, I don't know why it well, isn't. Well, no, hear me out, hear me out. This is going to kind of dovetail here. Um, because survive does sort of dip its foot into horror elements a bit, you know? Oh, yeah. Especially when you're in some of the the buildings that are infested by the the like the spider type creatures. Oh, those creepy remember. crawly things in that one room. Fuck this. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, oh, that like that actually kind of screws with you. So like stealth and survival horror have always gone hand in hand quite well. And I, uh, you know, like why couldn't there be a horror Metal Gear game? I think that's what it was trying to what be you, a little bit. Which I mean, well, it little... didn't quite get there. What do you yeah. mean? In one, there's ghosts. In two, it's horrendously scary. Three's got the nightmare sequence. And the sorrow. Yeah. It's, it's a horror but it's, game. But I wouldn't call that <laughs> I wouldn't call that horror per se. Like it has certain horror elements or, you know, just it kind of flirts with it. I'll tell you, the scariest thing in Metal Gear to me is not actually any of the sequences you just mentioned. Um, but it is an MGS2, and it's one of the alternative missions where you're doing photography and you have to find, like, a ghost. And so you're in the tanker and all the lights are out except for one, and you have to, like, figure out a puzzle. And basically, uh, it, the clue it gives you is that ghosts hate light or something like that. And so you look around and you're and you're going through the tanker uh through those hallways near the end where you have the shootout and um there's like one light bulb above a a, a door and a dead body like a bloody dead body on the ground and when you shoot the light after a moment a ghost of the dead body comes flying through the wall at you <laughs> and when you're looking in first person with your camera trying to like get a shot like that's it was like what the yeah like that actually got me some <laughs> fatal frame shit right there right like that was pretty good. There is a. I don't know. I think I think a horror Metal Gear could work. I was kind of interested in doing like the old Ghost Photos speedrun in MGS One, and I was going to like do it on stream and then put my stream as Fatal Frame, like you know, playing as playing Fatal oh, Frame. Man. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a category. Yeah, it's it's not it's not overly run or anything, but you pick up the camera, you get all the ghost photos, and then complete the game. All right. So, what's the weirdest Metal Gear like for any of the games? What's the weirdest speedrun category or the most insane? The. <laughs> The weirdest. That's or is that it? That's difficult to say. I don't know. I think I think saving Meryl's pretty weird, but we don't actually have a category for that. We just we just straight up don't do it. Um, <laughs> some people do. Some like really good souls, like uh, Joseph Joestar three one six. Like he pretty much always saves Meryl when he did, even though he's speedrunning, he'll always save Meryl, so he'll always survive the torture. He just he just can't yeah, let her conscience. die. Yeah, the rest of us are just like. The, the the scene opens up and we're just like you know I give in <laughs> I, I give in frame one just get me out of here <laughs> I uh I always hated I always bothered by games that like you get the worst ending to speedrun like Metal Gear is one of them Resident Evil one where it's like you're the last survivor of uh of stars and you didn't get like Barry or Chris and then like Silent Hill all the Silent Hill speedrunners I know. Like they, you know, they always get the ending where Sybil slaps uh, what's his face, Henry. 
Yeah, Mass Effect 2 is another one because like, you have to let everyone die to do it as fast as possible. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, yeah. All right. No, that makes sense. See? Final Fantasy 6, you can't wait around for Shadow. Yeah. So <laughs> or uh, with um, Sid, right? As well, where you have to feed him the, the really fast fish. Yeah. Or he just fucking dies. And then, and then doesn't um, Celeste just like throw herself off a cliff in, in depression or something? Like this is a Super Nintendo game, and you've got your main <laughs> character committing suicide. Rated E. Right. Sorry, you guys got me playing Ghost Babble on this emulator now. It actually runs. This is like one of the few games that actually runs well on like a mobile emulator, like as yeah. far as like controlling and stuff. So, but yeah. Speaking of which. Apache, I know that the other day we were talking about, and I don't know if this is a like if we want to like ease this in to another conversation, but I wanted to kind of get into our discussion about like sort of the rise of like MGS randomizers. Um, and you had mentioned a few of those. Hold uh, up. When we were... Yeah. Hold up. That's a thing. It's not, it's in its infancy, right? Because we were, DLIMS 13 is. Probably, it's fair to say he's the best Metal Gear Solid 2 player. Uh, certainly the fastest. He's done every single difficulty. Uh, every He has something like 800 first places on his speedrun.com profile, and they're just in Metal Gear games. I was on his stream with him once, and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a, a randomizer where every time you go into a different room, it changes the difficulty? And then 25 minutes later, a community member called BMN had made it. So he started trying that out. <laughs> And then what came after was the the all caution mod. So every single room has a caution, no matter what. And uh, something Limes wants to do in the future is get a, a big boss rank on European Extreme with every room as a caution. So we we don't have like mods like Resident Evil have. They have every zombie is nemesis and all kinds of crazy stuff and all kinds of like restrictions and things they can put into the game. We don't have that much, and I'm hoping that as people run what little we do have, then people will get new ideas about what to what to put into the game. This sounds amazing, and I am in complete support of it. <laughs> every and, every and guard is like Metal Gear Ray. <laughs> and we were kind of breaking oh down God. the logistics of it, too, because it's like, okay, what if you go to like this area and it switches to European Extreme? And But from my understanding, it's like none of it's really... Like, there's no way you can... They've programmed it so there's no way you can kind of soft lock yourself, right? Yeah, uh, they thought about this kind of thing quite a lot. Um, when you go into a room with a caution, there's never a situation where, even though there's extra guards in the room, it'll give you an alert straight away. Uh, the, the, there'll never be a situation where you can enter a room and then the room fails because the, the, you would be stuck. Uh, a good example I can give is when you put the the Rykov uniform on in three and you walk down that long corridor and you salute the guards and then you go to the the torture section when you enter that room on european extreme if you don't have the uniform on you would be seen by the guards at the end of the room uh which in european extreme on three is game over if discovered but they thought of it so they made the guards like look at the floor for like four seconds and then they both look up to the doorway where you are because uh, otherwise you would just keep entering the room and they would catch you and then you'd have to start the room again. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few. Oh, it's clever. Uh, all the way through two. I mean, two, two is unbelievably well made. Like we can, we can't find a sequence break for it. And we've tried like one's broken, three's broken. No one's found it for two yet. 
in the community, we have a $1,000 bounty for anyone who can find a <laughs> one-minute time save, uh, which is whether it's a sequence break or anything that's usable in a full-game speedrun that isn't already known, that saves time. Um, I think it's plus anything that's over a minute uh, we'll pay $1,000 for. Jeez. So you heard it here first. You want to make 1000 bucks? <laughs> yeah, we can't. Uh, and people have tried. Don't get me wrong. It's not like no one has tried. The significant glitches in that game, I mean, on the Sons of Liberty version, you can go out of bounds by just proning um, and then standing up and pressing the elevator at the same time. It'll drop you out of bounds. Um, you can do that to get all the way to vamp instead of swimming round. Um, in the HD collection, it's fixed, but you can like swim against the wall and push yourself out of bounds. And the glitch is like so difficult that even, I'd say more than half of half the people who run Metal Gear Solid 2 don't do it because it's so difficult. So yeah, we, the, 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 there's no sequence break for two. You know, there are people who run uh, Grand Theft Auto V where they, I, I don't know what it's called, but I've seen these mods, and, and they're not necessarily speedrunners per se. I mean, I've seen speedrunners do it, but there there is a mod for Grand Theft Auto V that just injects random effects every minute or so. Have you ever seen this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, there's quite a few Grand Theft Autos that have it, and they have, like, uh, where Twitch chat can, like, spend points, and they, or they can donate, and yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll do different things. I, I would love to see that in two, but it's like... What what effects would you use? Well, like what I was gonna say is it might not be good for two, but for V, it could be. Well, I think uh, there's Adam online I know is doing that like Twitch interaction stuff where it'll just be like you know like pop off a shot or like empty a full clip or it'll yeah I'll give him wall hacks guards yeah. like speed up so they're so yeah. they're starting to sort of he's starting to sort of broach that territory, but I wonder if you could like. You know, have a have a car drop out of the sky or something, or the skulls spawn suddenly, things like that. You know, I think, or it warps you to a random spot on the map. I think it's like the the realm of of entertainers. I mean, I I, I love Adam Stream. He's a, he's a great entertainer. Um, a lot of people who speedrun these games, they're not like me personally when I stream on Twitch, right? I'm not trying to be an entertainer. I'm just trying to play the game as well as possible. Like I, I would never have something in my game that could destroy my run halfway, partway yeah, through it. I'm like, Adam, why are you doing this to yourself, buddy? And he's just like, I don't know, this is fun. There's enough, there's enough things in MGS3 already that can ruin my run without, um, without people being able to throw them in. But I, I think it's cool. And I think there are people like Joseph Joestar who, who runs... Uh, not five, but Ground Zeroes, who would love stuff like that in his stream. And if someone came along and made it, there'd be definitely people who use it. Yeah, even just like guard placement, you know, just randomizers could do a whole lot. Something we, we recently got the infancy of as well is being able to edit VR levels in MGS1, which is something that people love to speedrun VR. Like when the game came out, people used to speedrun VR. Konami had... Uh, a site with leaderboards where people could submit their times to. Some of the times on that board, people can't replicate now. Um, and then it's always like a big thing to to beat the time on the board and beat the tasks. Um, but Konami was like asking for people to send their times in and, and, you know, they were competing on it all the way back then. So people still do that now. But what was always talked about was having the ability to make our own VR levels, kind of like Mario Maker. Um, and how how cool that would be for one and and two. Yeah, we've talked about some kind of Metal Gear Maker or something that, that we've 
talked about it a bunch of different times. It just that'd be so fun to just have full access to get into yeah. those mechanics. I yeah. am no expert on the mechanics of MGS2 or the code side of things, but from what I understand of it, what what little I understand, the levels, the guard routes, those are heavily, heavily curated. You know, and the, the guards have AI that will, you know, drive their behavior to an extent. But routes and, and clearings and things like that, they, they have to be curated. So, I mean, that's I've had I've had conversations with a friend about this who knows much more about it than I do. And it's it's a serious undertaking to do something like that. Yeah, I think it, it'd be a lot easier for like the 2D game style to just, you know, have like the the maker type deal where you could just, you know, place yeah, just making some kind of ghost babble or, or yeah. you know, MG2, you know, it's just like, all right, and then this guard and just can do this path right here. It, it can only get the so complex, you know, 2D like yeah, that. Yeah, to, so. to summarize it, the, the pathfinding isn't as automated as you might think it is. If if I recall correctly, um, and this is, I guess I would consider this kind of a hope spot. If you remember Volume, that game that you recommended to us that felt like a super spiritual successor to not spiritual successor, but incredibly influenced by Metal Gear, if you will. They have custom levels, so you can. That's sort of like a Metal Gear maker. All at the least a uh, proof of concept. All, all the MGS2 VR runners also run Volume. <laughs> they all. <laughs> nice. They all. They all play like, like D Lines Thirteen, uh, but Sonic Guy, Major Zero. They they all love Volume. They all play play the play the hell out of it. Um, it's so a good game. it must be like if someone who so heavily plays VR two to where they play it every day and go for the best times, also likes volume. I think that's a good indicator that it's that it's done well in being a, a spiritual successor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So has there, to your knowledge, been any movement in the realm of getting custom maps into those games? So someone, uh, a user called Wanted Thing, released a MGS1 route editor. Um, you can just download the RAW on the Metal Gear Speedrunners Discord. It's probably in the... Uh, Modders of Liberty, I think their Discord's called as well. Um, so he's released a tool. It's 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 way above me. It's not my kind of thing. This like I I wouldn't be good at, at something like this. But there's definitely people beginning to uh to change the VR levels in one. And I'll just show. I just I post a, a little picture of it in the chat if you want to have a look at it. Oh nice. Oh that's cool. So you can he's just released that. You can download it. It's called version 0.1. So I assume he wants to do. A lot more with it, but that's a very, very recent thing. Uh, it would take, you know, it would take a village, a Resident Evil village, maybe to uh, <laughs> to actually get it all working and to where people could just come and make stuff like like Mario Maker. But it's beginning to happen. This is some trigonometry shit right here. <laughs> it's Man, pretty cool I'm though. Have to mess with this later. I, I can understand the map and I can see the guard and the vision and stuff. So it's it's pretty cool, right? It's like, yeah. But getting the getting the custom maps in, that's going to be the the real challenge. It sounds like it, it takes someone much smarter than me to do something like that. It's like part Sims, you know. You just like, all right, I want this flooring <laughs> here. I want to put this roof right here. <laughs> Man, shout out to this guy. We can figure it out. <laughs> can you like going back to the whole comparison to Super Mario Maker? Can you like imagine? Because Mario Maker has those like bullshit levels, you know, that people make, like the rhythm game levels <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> and like the There's just laser grids everywhere. You're like, fuck. Yeah, all that bullshit. <laughs> like, can, oh man, now I'm just mad. 
I think if, now you just make me want to do it. If if we got <laughs> if we got something like this as as someone who really cares about speedrunning, you would all of a sudden have thousands upon thousands of people who were speedrunning, interested in speedrunning, but like by accident. Because Ma- I think Mario Maker must have introduced so many people to speedrunning the Super Mario games, like unintentionally. Yeah, I'd love to see the same for Metal Gear. We do have the Q and A. If y'all want to get into the Q and A, we can do that. Patreon question here. Yeah, we can do that. I think it's a very appropriate one. So we got a Patreon question from uh, Tanya. How do you feel generally about Metal Gear and its two-dimensional incarnations, or if there were to be another one? And uh, what do you like more or not as much about the 2D mediums compared to the 3D ones? And also, what would you like to see from a hypothetical new 2D project? So got a couple questions there loaded in. Yeah, it's, it's kind of appropriate. Like you said, we've been talking about Ghost Babble. And that's kind of just, you know... It's like the, I don't know. I'm not gonna call it the pinnacle of 2D because I I think uh, I do think Solid Snake is a little better. But <laughs> th- what about you, Nitroid? Okay, yeah. So I wasn't sure. I was gonna let you guys go first because so, <laughs> I could I could feel the tea up, you know, for this. Okay, okay. It would be nice to see more attempts at 2D Metal Gear games in a lot. I know I'm probably gonna echo some things I've said in the past, but in a lot of ways, MGS1 is a 2D game in a 3D space. Yeah, um, okay. I agree with that. I'm so annoyed because I think you're going to say exactly what I want to say about, <laughs> about this question. <laughs> um, I'll t- no, you, you, go and, you go and I'll just say same at the end, but like, <laughs> I, I, th- I think Metal Gear's problems in its later in, in, in incarnations is that it, it got away from everything everything yeah. that was good about the game came from a 2d space being moved into a 3d space so metal gear solid succeeded on the 2d games it took everything that was good about them and made it in a 3d and did it in a 3d environment like nitrate said over time i think it's moved away from those elements uh you know a little bit got that damn 3d camera because yeah which i i don't use in my runs at all by the way i basically i, I turn it on twice and uh, <laughs> i never use it that's what, yeah that was gonna be my next question is if you preferred that or or the the you know strictly top down no loads of people use it. it sucks i hate the 3d camera um yeah. It, yeah, it moved away from it. So in two, it moved away from it a little bit, and then in three, it moved away from it even more. Uh, four's a mess, uh, and then uh, you know after that, I'm not a huge fan of the games G- gameplay wise. Not not so much story, but if we want if we want to get another if we want to see a future Metal Gear game, even if it wasn't a 2D one, I think it needs to look at what made the games good that came from the 2D games, and and you know go go backwards, start again, kind of thing. One of the things that shocked me was um, when Portable Ops came out and they had that camera system that drove everybody crazy because you had to essentially, you know, the claw, you know, holding your PSP in a weird way that almost breaks your hand so that you can use the D-pad for the camera. And like, it's it's awful, right? Who tested that? Um, Like, (laughs) who who tested it and went, yeah, this is great. Yeah, I, I mean, day one when I played that game, I thought to myself, why didn't you guys just use the static camera? Was it, did you not think about it or did you not have the time? Because that just seems like the, lo- like, logically, it seems like a better way to go about this. If you're going to play Metal Gear on a portable system, then, you know, okay, you you look at, you look at a, a lot of uh, more recent 
uh, handheld Nintendo games like um, A Link Between Worlds is a good example where you have this, you know, these 3D models in a 2D space. Right. And Metal Gear, to me, seems ripe for that. Now, you know, you're going to have to find an art style that doesn't look ridiculous, but to have those, you know, those 3D models, but play it like a 2D Metal Gear, much like MGS1, seems like such an obvious approach to me that I'm just shocked they haven't done it. I, I Yeah, I never thought of that, but like static camera would have made portable ops a million times better. I, I like portable ops, um, but yeah. its control scheme is horrendous and it's because of the camera. Static camera. Why didn't I, why didn't I think of that and why didn't they think of that? God, you're making me think of the gene fight now with the camera. Oh my God. Sorry. To their credit, they fixed it with Peace Walker and that plays just fine. You know, it was brilliant to switch it over to the to the face buttons. But it just seems to me like if you're going to make a portable Metal Gear title, why wouldn't you stick with the old camera angle? You know, it just I don't know. I, I would really like to see them go back to that 2D set. Like you said, let's go backwards a bit and kind of figure out where where we got lost. I just imagine the phantom pain with a top-down camera. It's not a good time. <laughs> no. Just running, running in the desert, just like a screen at a time. It's like tick, 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 tick. Yeah, well, I mean, see, like, four feet ahead of you. When you go open world, obviously you need a, a 3D camera, and I think in MGS3 yeah. <laughs> they wanted to make it feel like it was open world, even though it's not. Like it's it's just contained, like MGS2 and MGS1. But yeah, yeah, small little areas. It, it yeah. does give that feeling. It just has grass. Yeah, it, it absolutely gives that feeling. But you can. You can see once you start using the 3D camera that you weren't actually supposed to look at a lot of the environments in MGS3 yep. from a different angle. They don't they don't look right anymore. Like terrain doesn't look correct. Um, no, just never use never use the 3D camera. It's in also MGS3. way easier. <laughs> you know, like when you get that additional situational awareness, that 3D camera makes the game extremely easy in comparison yeah because that was part of the just yeah the limited radar in three just having to like you know all you had was that little like nudge up a little bit it was kind of like the binoculars in the older games you know it's just like you can look one screen up but that's about it it's like all right that gives me a little bit of look look ahead but and i realize this is probably a patronizing statement to make to a speedrunner that it's easier because you're no you're playing this on a very different level from from us who just kind of you know we play it for fun and not competitively. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, every I think time. Like, ca- casually, like the 3D camera does make things a lot easier because you can just look around corners. You can get a lay of the entire room very quickly, which you can't do in the static camera. But when you already have that information, you do know where you're going. The 3D camera is just another thing to contend with. And whenever I'm teaching people the route, whenever I'm teaching people how to play the game, they're always like fighting with the 3D camera along with trying to learn stuff as well. I'm like, no, just just turn it off. Just go here and here and, and do this. And so once you're once you already have the information the 3d camera is just making it worse whereas the static camera if yeah, you don't have the information is harder but yeah I, I do agree with what you're saying that's just adds another variable completely yeah just and makes the following the, the certain path that's like the most optimal just you know that much more difficult makes sense don't get me started on the 3ds version <laughs> that's my favorite powerpoint presentation <laughs> Although I did think it's cool when they knock out your eye, when your eye gets knocked out by Ocelot, like you, the 3D turns off. <laughs> Does it actually? I, 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 it's like I a, can't remember. I'm pretty sure either that or it's a. a, a, a I'm I'm pretty sure it does. I've only played it once. I never used of, the 3D, but I read about it. There's a couple of weird things they did with the 3DS version. One is 
for some reason you you can let go of the ladder you know during the the the, the ladder um for some yeah. reason you can let go of it on the 3ds you just get halfway up and you can you press a button to let go no idea why they put that in because they will have had to that didn't exist in any other version so they had to literally <laughs> code that in and they took time to do that which is super weird um and something that you might be thinking about it in reverse there might be a, a flag on the ladder that prevents you normally from letting go and they may have forgotten to add the flag possibly yeah the other thing that they added was all the Metal Gear games they they've never been consistent with whether the IGT the the timer at the end whether or not it counts loads so sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't Metal Gear Solid 2 PC uh, doesn't Metal Gear Solid 2 on every other version does Metal Gear Solid 3 uh, loads are counted but on the 3DS version they're not and uh, there's a guy called Appel who's a very clever guy messes with the emulators he goes and looks in at what the code is doing it's just like one variable like off and on inside the game and the 3DS people just turned it off <laughs> it's just like <laughs> why can't you just do that all the time like <laughs> I was just going to say, I was looking up that whole tidbit about the uh, 3D. Apparently, and, and I feel like this is more interesting than, a little bit more interesting than, you know, if it actually happened. But I think what ended up happening was 3D is turned off when you're looking down iron sights. So people, like, you know, they got their eyes shot. Presumably, uh, they looked in first person. Yeah, presumably oh, they, they may not off. have, yeah. And they were like, holy fucking shit, Kojima. That would have been a cool thing to do, though. Well, doesn't it like blot the side of your eye a little bit? It does. It in, does. Yeah, in first yeah, person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just get like a black mark on the load times for speed running in MGS2. That explains why I've heard some people try to get like certain models of PS3s. Yep. Oh, that to was, run the game on. That, that was a, that was a huge thing. And when I when I joined the community, all the information about models was completely wrong, and we had to go and like retest. And there's um, Major Zero, not the character from the game. There's also a speedrunner called Major Zero who speedruns three. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got something like seventeen PlayStation threes in his house uh, that he all, he bought. Holy he just kept shit. buying them to to test them, and then sit there, play the game look at the load screen, look at his splits. Did it load the room faster? Okay, this is the one I'm going to use for speedrunning. So this is how complicated it is, and I love I love explaining this, but people come into my stream and they say, why are you playing on Japanese? And I always go, well, I need an unpatched copy of the game because it loads faster. The easiest way to do that is to download it from the digital store. Japanese comes unpatched, American comes patched. You can also rip a disc of an unpatched game to your hard drive and get a unpatched copy of the American version, which is faster than the Japanese version version by nine seconds you also need a super slim ps3 an ssd hard drive and you also need to uh play the game for 40 minutes up to the torture then die in the cell and then reset the game and then it'll load faster because the playstation 3 will store all the rooms in the cache up to that point and then load them faster so that yeah, so so hopefully uh. <laughs> so like that that's what it's like though it's like oh what what category are you running? i'm running ps3 ssd no load trick <laughs> you just go on for like 20 <laughs> minutes about so um someone made a load remover recently so we're gonna go move away from igt the the time at the end and we're gonna instead do time without loads start your timer Every time it does a loading screen, the timer can read what's happening on the screen and automatically stop the timer. You know, whoever finishes the game first is that has the fastest run. Okay, so I'm just removing that part of it. Gotcha. I'm kind of gobsmacked right now. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> this is incredible. 
Uh, something like most people don't know, and it was only found recently, but none of the time during the sorrow actually counts towards the IGT. So whether you go in there and instantly kill yourself, or you walk all the way to the end and, and uh, touch his corpse, none of that time is added to the IGT at the end of the game. And no one's ever noticed. I couldn't find any information on it anywhere. Um, it was found... Uh, at some point last year, when Appel was messing around, and Pell and Major Zero were messing around with uh, emulators, and they were they were trying to work out the discrepancy between RTA, which is the the real time, and the the time at the end of the game, and that's what it was. So basically, if you need to take a bathroom break, that's it. Yeah, yeah, you can legit just leave it there. Adam. But we, we it's annoying because we've, we we had found ways of making that place faster. Like in in European Extreme, uh, you can you still have all your inventory during the sorrow. So even though you don't have your stuff, you do have it during that dream sequence. So you can go into the menu, equip an RPG, and fire it at the floor, which is faster than drowning yourself. You can throw a grenade. Um, something we found for the very easy difficulty. Uh, I'm going to go on about this. Sorry, it's time to shut up if you need me to. But um, in, in <laughs> no, the, no, this is awesome. Go in the very easy difficulty. You obviously have a massive health bar, right? Because you have the most health on the lowest difficulty. It's as long as the stamina bar. Um, so we were trying to find ways to make the sorrow faster because we had to get rid of all this health. And Major Zero is clever, very clever guy. Again, not the character from the game. The speed, he's got the same name. Um, he found that if you pick up the handkerchief. You can knock yourself out with it by, you know, just swiping it in the air in front of you. Snake will fall into the water, and because he's unconscious, he just instantly dies. Um, so we we then routing picking up the <laughs> handkerchief in the lab really fast because normally we wouldn't get it. Uh, so ho- w- once we use time without loads, all those like crazy strats that were being ignored because the sorrow doesn't count all of a sudden matter again um, and it makes the game more interesting and more exciting but ultimately it doesn't matter what console you have it doesn't matter if you haven't bought some strange PlayStation 3 that inexplicably loads faster than everyone else's it doesn't matter what copy of the game you have uh, only for a, a, a small amount of seconds anyway it does um, you know yeah. everyone can come and compete which is a, prob- a problem that MGS3 has had for a while so when it comes to the end time what you base the record on is the timer shown in the completion screen correct yes currently yeah okay is it so why why that and not like i've seen other speedrunners where they have timers and segments going and it's down to like the millisecond things like that so so why go by the end screen and not that uh metal gear speedrunning has been around for a very long time um and it started with multi-segment speedruns um and naturally people were people used to only care about the highest difficulty and getting the number one rank and then time kind of came into it later so you had x amount of people they could get like you know the best rank all the time and they could uh complete the game in single segment but they like how else do you decide who has the faster run so they were already looking at that end screen they're already playing up to that anyway Mm. for the rank and so i think it was a natural thing that like because Metal Gear is kind of made to speedrun. It kind of tells you to play it faster, right? Because you have to do it under a certain time to get the rank. You have to play it well. Um, It's kind of built for it. And I think because people cared about so much about the rank, really, they were looking at that screen already. And they were very... um, When I joined the community, people were very elitist about this kind of thing. But over time it's become a more accepting hobby that kind of just like if you know if you it doesn't matter what difficulty you want to run it doesn't matter what you want to do just you know come and play the game kind of thing so 
that kind of discourse is changing to where what's the most fair and what can get the most people involved. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the better way to go with this type of stuff too. It's just, you know, you want kind of a level playing field with it. If if you're going to go about it cuz there's so many ways to cheat, so yeah, we've... And and I mean the work shows cuz I mean I see all these different kinds of runs now. I mean, you have like, you know, just the tuxedo run, the all camo run. What else is there? Uh, per- um, perfect stats. I've done every difficulty. One of my, one of my goals like when I first got into MGS3 was to have every record in every difficulty at the same time. Um so very easy to European extreme. Uh which I achieved and and stuff has been beaten since. But I'm really into category extensions right now so i did all camouflage because which is every camo and face paint in one run so it's 17 camos and seven face paints so including the infinity face paint as well because i got foxhound to get that um the next thing i want to do is uh keratan and then all plants and animals mark or rank and then i want to do a, like a hundred percent run so it's all of those things plus all weapons and items in one run god they the Kiratan one with that with the ones on the bike. Oh, <laughs> uh, was, when he told me that run the other day, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Oh my god, I would never want to do that. <laughs> we were talking about this when we were playing Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I can see why it would seem like the the hardest thing in the world to hit that Kiratan when when you're moving on the bike, but I've done little else than but play Metal Gear Solid Three for like two years now so hitting like you know you only get like there's only like six there or something hitting them is not gonna be that bad i've already started like during the bike chase i'll just look over and shoot them while i'm doing it just to kind of get used to it it's really not that bad and it's just a practice thing like things that seem so difficult um yeah at first like that that's the way i felt when i when i when i watched you know people speedrunning before i did it i watched like jaguar king at gdq and i was like oh my god this guy's amazing how can anyone get this good at this game um but it, it is just practice and anyone can do it there's no natural talent and uh, nitroid if you want to do an all keratans run like you, you could 100 percent do it it wouldn't be that bad <laughs> i uh <laughs> i i appreciate the faith you have in me <laughs> i don't know if it's ill-placed or not but thank you i think it there's a stigma with like people who it kind of put themselves down in a way and it's there's for you guys you might not you might think you know i don't really want to do that it's, you know it's kind of cool but i don't really want to do that but there's a lot of people out there who do and they're kind of scared to take the first step of it but that like first step to you know trying to complete a game fast and put in a timer on that's the hardest step in the whole process and everything else like uh metal gear speedrunners um our community we're very helpful and we're very, I feel different from a lot of speedrun communities where we will go out of our way to help new players. If you want to learn the lowest difficulty, I can show you how to do that. Um, it, once you get, like, do your first run and try it out and work out if it's for you, the rest of it just comes so easily. And yeah, it's getting, it's, it's getting bigger. Um, since I'd been a part of the community in the last two years, it's, it, it's a lot bigger than when I started, that's for sure. Yeah, and if if people want to kind of get into it and like you know like just get into like the speed running communities that you know if you, if you want to like plug places where you kind of frequent or you know where people can find you online, you can go ahead with that. Yeah, we've we've got a website which is metalgearspeedrunners.com, and from there you can see the Discord if you want to come join and speak to people. Um, there's also a wiki, so we have just a Metal Gear Speedrunners wiki. Uh, it's 
ton of information, loads and loads of guides and like full videos on how to do stuff. And then obviously Metal Gear Speedrunners on Twitch. We have tournaments for these games. We have people, different people from the community just streaming on the channel all the time. Right now there's a, a Metal Gear Solid uh, PC All Bosses tournament, um, which is I suppose this comes out Monday, right? It was last Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we we're coming up to like uh that we're in the playoffs at the moment and then we'll we'll be we'll be near grand finals very soon. Sounds like y'all are busy. Well looking forward to it. I have run one, um, but I don't really run one that often. And I wasn't sure I was gonna be super into it, but just after watching the first race and I'm not the biggest fan of PC, like you know that PC is broken right like the mgs1 port of pc was made by like three people in a bedroom and uh you yep. know it's a bit of a mess <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we're, they, we definitely they, know yeah, the we... <laughs> yeah. I, I have the i have the integral snake with eyes for a reason on my channel as an emoji <laughs> I, I heard a story i saw it's a bit off topic but I, I heard a story that they like they went out and bought the ost on disc to put it onto the pc um, version Sort of, because um, they didn't have the uh, the audio library at the time. Uh, so what they would do is they would um, they would rip it from the game, or they uh, they actually downloaded MP3s from fan sites. Struggle. Yeah. So That's why it's, yeah. yeah. So so things you can do on on the PC version is like there's a, a glitch called God Mode, which if you have the PSG one, when you equip the PSG one in Metal Gear Solid One, Snake like lies on the floor with it. But because of the weapon hotkeys which are on the keyboard, you just press like nine and it switches to the PSG one. You can instantly switch to another weapon. Um which the game thinks Snake is like lead on the floor, but you're actually running around. So you're completely invincible. And then there's another version of the glitch where you can <laughs> skip triggers and go out of bounds and there's no fall damage in MGS1 because you're never supposed to be able to fall so you can do things like unload the tower and it, it, it's, it's a crazy run um, but no matter what you do in MGS1 you always have to fight Liquid at the end traditionally um, so there's there's no glitch As for him. As it should be. Yeah. We should get to like <laughs> sucker punch him over and over again. Yeah we do. There's, there's the infinite but uh I think that was like supposed to be the 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 two punch infinite for liquid where you just repeatedly punch him with a certain rhythm and he can never get out of it. Oh uh, yeah, I do know that. Yeah. That was in a some game footage, like like not like demo footage from MGS One. There's a clip of um, someone doing that um, at Konami in the clip. <laughs> That's funny. Jeez. All right, man. Well, hey. Thank you so much for coming on today. I have learned way more than I thought I would. <laughs> dude, I knew like, when I was telling y'all, I was like, when I'm, I've been talking to this dude a bunch while we were playing Warcraft, that shit just happens when you're leveling in Duratar, man. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. You might, uh, you might see me lurking in your Discord a bit more. Yeah, no, come, come. It's, 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 it's honestly a cool Discord. It's a cool community. And uh, yeah, thanks thank so much for having me. Yeah, Apache Smash, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, yeah, if people want to uh, follow you on Twitter, you're just at... Uh... Yeah, just at Apache Smash. That's the same for my stream as well. I, I play Metal Gear Solid 3 every single day, pretty much. All right, man. Yeah, thanks again for coming on, man. We, we had a good time. Yeah, same.